Welcome to episode 34 of Faith and Beliefs Refuted. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. Uh, Just a quick note, uh, some changes are going to be coming up. This is going to be one of the last few episodes titled Faith and Beliefs Refuted because we are going to expand the scope of this particular podcast um, and reach out into addressing other uh, podcasts and other people besides just the Saints Unscripted and their Faith and Belief segment of their podcast. Uh, I will be maybe looking at some Aquaku stuff. Um, I'll be looking at stuff, whether it's from LDS, Jehovah's Witnesses, heretical Christian, pseudo-Christian, false Christian teachers, so on. Um, and so it's going to all fall under one umbrella. You'll probably see a lot more content. I will be addressing things as they come up. Uh, hopefully within 24 hours of of those things being put out there um i will continue to address faith and beliefs refuted or faith and beliefs um i will continue to but i may hit some of the other uh, parts of saints unscripted so all that being said i'm going to be doing more um with this and so with it the fact that it's not just going to be dealing with faith and beliefs I'm not going to call it Faith and Beliefs Refuted anymore. So just in the process of doing some graphic stuff, uh, trying to find, uh, make a video, uh, intro video, looking for a new um, theme song. So thank you, Result, for letting me use this song, uh, Reformed Thug Life, for as long as I did. Um, uh, It's been great, and uh, I'm looking for something else and uh, be reaching out to some people uh, for permission to use some different songs. So all that being said, stay tuned uh, within the next month or so and you'll see these changes start to happen. So today we are going to jump in to David is going to talk a little bit more about a thing that he had talked about in the past. Uh, Jewishisms is what he called them before. Now we're calling them Hebraisms. Um, and he's going to talk about one in particular. So with that being said, here's David. And as always, my disclaimer, uh, you may end up with um, a internet ad, YouTube ad, pop in here as we jump in. So here is David. Hello. So if you're multilingual, you're probably aware that different languages follow different grammatical rules. For example, David's shoes in Spanish would be los zapatos de David, or the shoes of David. So if you were to hear someone say, hey, look at the shoes of David, you'd understand what they're saying, but you'd probably also be able to tell that English is not that person's first language, since that's not how we talk. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Joseph Smith claimed he translated the Book of Mormon from a record written by ancient Jews. If that's true, you'd think we'd be able to see some elements of the ancient Hebrew language in the English translation of the Book of Mormon. And guess what? We do. 
The Book of Mormon exhibits dozens of Hebraisms throughout its text. We've talked about some of them before, but this video is going to focus in on just one category called if and conditionals. In English, we don't have if and conditionals, we have if then conditionals. If I eat 15 Costa Vida raspberry smothered chicken chipotle burritos, then I will die. But in Biblical Hebrew, it'd be if I eat 15 Costa Vida raspberry smothered chicken chipotle burritos, and I will die. They mean the same thing, but an English speaker would never naturally use an if and conditional. This is where things get interesting. If you read the current Book of Mormon, you won't see any if and conditionals. This is because Joseph Smith and early editors thought these were grammatical errors, which in English they are, and they edited them out, which is a real bummer because Joseph obviously had no idea. Okay, I need to talk about this. I was going to let him just talk it till the end, and then I was going to uh, say what I had to say and, and call it quits. But um, here's an issue that I have. We have, over the time of the Book of Mormon, we have seen thousands uh, of changes, well over 3,000 changes to the Book of Mormon have happened over time, whether they're changed, changed back, so on and so forth. Um, the, the LDS people will tell you um, most of these, well, these are just grammatical changes. They're just, they're just grammatical errors, and, and, uh, and that's all the changes are, where in reality, many of these changes are, are huge, and they literally change the meaning of the text. But if they were catching grammatical errors back then, why would they have left all these other grammatical errors in that they caught these ones, these grammatical errors, but they didn't catch the thousands of other grammatical errors that went into the original Book of Mormon? That doesn't make sense to me. I, I Again, this is where the, the, the story begins to crumble. If they caught these, if and grammatical errors, why did they not, and if it's Joseph and this group of editors that, that we're looking at, how did they miss thousands, thousands of other grammatical errors uh, instead of just these few? And here again, we run into the pro another problem, and I'm going to address it and then let him go on. Joseph said, and Oliver Cowdery said, and the, the different translators said that Joseph would put his face in the hat and he would read the word that showed up on the parchment on the seer stone. And the word would not disappear until it was written down correctly. Now, if it didn't disappear until it was written down correctly, so Joseph knew it was written correctly because the word disappeared, how were there grammatical errors? And why would he doubt this suddenly, that there were grammatical errors? And why would they take these grammatical errors out? It shows that the, the story that happened prior to does not fit. There's a problem. Go on. Idea ...that these errors were evidence of the authenticity of his work. Thankfully, though, we can look at the original manuscript of the Book of Mormon and the first edition of the Book of Mormon, where we find our if and conditionals. Right now, Moroni 10.4 says, If ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you. In the first edition, it said, If ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, 
and he will manifest the truth of it unto you. The first edition version of Helaman 12 was a gold mine. And if he saith unto the earth, move, and it is moved. Yea, if he saith unto the earth, thou shalt go back, that it lengtheneth out the day for many hours, and it is done. And behold, also if he saith unto the waters of the great deep, be thou dried up, and it is done. Behold, if he saith unto this mountain, be thou raised up, and come over and fall upon that city, that it be buried up, and behold, it is done. And if the Lord shall say, Be thou accursed, that no man shall find thee from this time henceforth and forever, and behold, no man getteth it henceforth and forever. And behold, if the Lord shall say unto a man, Because of thine iniquities thou shalt be accursed forever, and it shall be done. And if the Lord shall say, Because of thine iniquities thou shalt be cut off from my presence, and he will cause that it shall be so. Here's the thing. I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but these are my thoughts. You're literally about to tell us what to believe. You, you recognize that, right? I'm not here to tell you what to believe. But here's what I think you should believe. This is literally what you're doing. Either Joseph Smith was a fraud or a prophet of God. If he's a fraud, you have no choice but to believe that he either put these if-and conditionals in here on purpose to give the book a more authentic look, or it was a complete coincidence. Coincidence? I think not! I do not believe he put these in here on purpose. There are no if-and conditionals in the King James Version of the Bible. Even by Joseph Smith's time, they'd been edited into better English, like what has been done with the Book of Mormon. And it's highly unlikely Joseph had access to any literature that would have taught him about this stuff in the 1820s. Also, if he put them in here on purpose to give the Book a more authentic look, why would he edit them out? It doesn't make any sense. He would have kept them in and called a bunch of attention to them. Ah, you know what? This here is an if-and conditional. Look, the book is real. I did it! But he doesn't do that. He thinks they're errors and he fixes them. Could it all... He thought they were errors when there could be no errors. In the most correct book of any book that was ever written, and a man can get closer to God by following its precepts than any other book. And yet he thought there were errors. It makes me think that he doubted his ability as a prophet, or he knew he was a con man. Um, I think, well, finish. It should all just be a big coincidence then. Well, believe yeah. what you will, but nobody wrote like this in Joseph's time. Maybe once could just be a coincidence, but he does it over and over again, back to back in the Helaman example. That doesn't look like an accident to me. The other option is that this is a legitimate translation of an ancient document of Jewish origins. But wait, there's more. This is just one Hebraism. We've got plenty more to cover. As these things continue to compound one on top of the other, the chances that Joseph just made this stuff up grows inhumanly small. We'll get to more of those in future episodes. In the meantime, check out the links in the description for more info on this topic, and have a great day. All right, so um, here's the thing. I don't care how many Hebraisms you find or fabricate or whatever. I've been looking through the Internet since I watched this video a week ago, um, and I can't find anything about if-and conditionals other than what Mormons talk. I can't find a, a single biblical Hebrew website or uh, apologetic site or anything that talks about if-and conditionals. The only place I can find anything about if-and conditionals is on Mormon sites. 
doesn't mean that's not real. Doesn't mean that if and conditionals were not a, excuse me, a Hebrew thing. But I can't find anything. I cannot find anything. Hours of searching through the internet, trying to find one little thing to educate myself a little bit more on if and conditionals, and I can find zero. So, not saying that they're just made up by Mormons to to give the impression of truth, but I wouldn't put it past them. Hundreds, of, almost hundreds, coming close to 200 years, but decades upon decades of fabrications and changes and hidden uh, things and uh, jumping through hoops to explain away weird and, and strange teachings have been going on in Mormonism for decades upon decades upon decades. I don't know if the statement that I just made made any sense, but that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's a, a religion founded on deception, and they continue to do so. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost ingrained in um, the theology of to deceive where does that come from? And here's the other thing. Again, like I said, I don't care how many of these Hebraisms they come up with. If I take, if I, if I claim that I have a book written two years after Abraham Lincoln died, giving his history and so on, and the book mentions things like microwaves and uh, compact disc players and... Uh, internet and so on it's it's pretty legit to say the book is false if the book has been changed hundreds and hundreds of times claiming to be a an accurate representation of abraham lincoln's life it brings doubt upon that book it proves that book to be false and it doesn't matter how many true things you plug into it it doesn't make it true it doesn't matter. I mean, there's so much plagiarism from the from the King James Version Bible and so on. Even errors that were made by King James translators. There's so many things. I mean, I did an entire video on um, on this about four years ago on the validity and or falseness of the Book of Mormon. Do, do you think the Book of Mormon is a fraud? I'll throw the link in the description so you can check that out if you want to. About 20 minutes of video on that. Um, so the evidence is piled up against the Book of Mormon. Once the evidence is there showing that it is false, and the evidence is there, there is plenty of evidence there proving that the Book of Mormon is false. It doesn't matter how much true things you plug into, it doesn't make it true. It will never make it true. If I write a book today and, and have any number of false things about Abraham Lincoln in there, and then try to plug in a few, few a few true things. It doesn't make it true. I'm, there's an example. Of the there was a a thing that went around years ago, and I believed it. Of 
true or exact uh, correlations between Lincoln and Kennedy and their assassination. Both were elected in the same year. Both were killed in the same year, 100 years apart, and they had this. And one was killed in Ford's theater. One was killed in Ford Lincoln. One was shot in the head by an, an out-of-work actor. The other one was shot in the head by an out-of-work actor, both of Southern descent, um, both upset with, with the the manner of you know the civil rights ideas of the president and blah 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 but there are so many things in there that were actually not true that make the whole the, the whole theory not true so it doesn't matter how many true things are in there when the theory is proven wrong does that make sense so it doesn't matter how many things you can put into the book of mormon to go oh look these are true these are these are things that check out when they're measured up against the things that don't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't reconcile the, the problem. It does not, uh, what's the word, validate the Book of Mormon. Once, once you find the, the, the false things, no matter how many true things you put in there, it doesn't validate it. It doesn't negate the things that are false. And so... We still have a book that has been proven to be false, no matter how hard David tries to, to find things to plug in to make it seem true. Is it going to be true? That is a false book. It is a fabrication of plagiarism, Joseph Smith's memory, uh, imagination, and um, just pure and simple con artistry. We'll put it that way. So there's that. Um, I hope you found this video helpful. Uh, again, look forward to the new things coming up in the future. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.